0: it's time for another episode of Level up, and we are going to get into something that's a little more tangible today with an intangible twist, which is talking about the elusive valuation of properties when you're in real estate and it doesn't really matter what kind of a market. It's always a task that. We're counted on as professionals to help with, and so we're going to talk a bit about the process that goes into it for us, the things to look for, and uh, everything in between.
1: Yeah. So I think this is a good segue, well, not segue, but we want to talk about how being more in tuned with a particular market is beneficial in this respect, just because when you know what's going on, what sales are happening every day, every week, uh, you get a better sense of trends and and where things are going and valuations and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So one thing we've talked about before is the most common question you're going to get from someone Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when you are, when it just comes out that you're working in real estate is.
1: How's the market?
0: Yes. How's How's the the market? market? Oh, how is the market?
1: How is the market?
0: I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so evaluation, even though that might go into the specifics of a particular search someone's looking at or a particular property. Yeah. It really begins with an understanding of the environment that we're in. And now is as good a time as any to speak to how much a certain environment can impact the way evaluation is performed and the way your view of the overall market is when you're doing that.
1: Yeah. So whenever you get that question, it's important to be more specific and understand what that person is speaking about and what they're Um, looking, what kind of information they're looking to get. So just an overall, I think, understanding of asking more questions is really important. I just spoke to one of our kids' dental hygienists yesterday or the day before when I was at at the dentist with them and she was asking me how the market was. And when I dug a little deeper, she had actually purchased two different parcels of land in the York region and is building some more like a luxury type home. And wanting to know the market for that. But if I were just to kind of go into things and and let her know, um, you know, she was asking me about condos too, which was really random, but going into condos, it's a completely different market than a detached home in York region. So it's really important to figure that out, because you could really give somebody the wrong impression or some wrong information that may cause them to make a decision that might not work out in their best interest.
0: Right. And like you said, you never really know where it's going to go. And often it's just a conversation starter from people, but don't treat it as they're asking this because they feel that that's the right thing to ask. I mean, whether or not it is the case, you Mm -hmm. never know when it might turn into your opportunity to show a little knowledge. And it gives you extra reason if you didn't have one already to stay brushed up on what's going on in the market. Because Mm -hmm it is very much like a staple of your job to be able to evaluate what's happening and place value on things. Mm -hmm. Because as a professional, that's what people are depending on you for almost as much as anything else. I mean, negotiation, all that, even negotiation is a function of your ability to stand behind your valuation.
1: 100%. Like, Just think of those instances where you have a firm idea of exactly what what comps are out there and, and being able to support, be be
0: confident.
1: Yeah. Versus when you're a little bit kind of in the dark and not understanding what is going on in the market. Like it makes a huge difference. And for your clients, it's even more important.
0: Right. So at the core to everything in your business, but especially this particular topic is just staying in tune, staying aware, Mm -hmm asking questions of the market, not people necessarily, but I mean, doing research with people who are in the weeds in certain areas. I see a lot of it, you probably do too, of people who now are running into frustration or confusion about properties that aren't selling or properties they're about to put on the market and they don't quite know what to expect. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with asking questions and doing some research because nine out of 10 people in our industry will be happy to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, like not everybody's looking at it as a, this is someone that's getting in on my turf. Therefore, I'm going to keep the information close to the vest. Mm -hmm. Um, So do what you can to stay on top of the environment. And that's your prerequisite to the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about, which is actually doing valuations for people. So when are some of the times you would see yourself in a position where you should be considering doing evaluation.
1: Well, I think the first one is when you have work at your well, I mean, not the first one, but one of the instances is when you're working with a buyer and they're looking at a particular listing. If you're in the GTA, a lot of those times those places are underpriced and will likely go for higher and you have to give a better in-depth analysis as to what you think that p- property might go for because it might be the difference between seeing the property and not seeing it with this buyer. That's
0: that's a really good point for buyers and we saw it in, you know, 2017. Mm-hmm. It really never disappeared where there are situations where the price will not be anywhere close to what the quote unquote value is yeah. for a place and to save yourself and your client a substantial amount of time,
1: yeah. that it's,
0: valuation yeah. is so key. This doesn't have to be an in-depth CMA, compare a million things sort of thing, but if you understand the market and you know that the price is not indicative of the value or where it's going to end up, yeah. save yourself the driving time, the headache, and potentially putting in An offer that is nowhere near where the property is going to be.
1: Yeah, it's. I'd say it's a rookie move if you go to a showing and not recognize that the place has an offer date and will likely sell for who knows. I mean, places are. If you work in the GTA, you know places can sell a hundred, two hundred thousand over or yeah, over asking. So how bad does it look? If you go in, show the place, they fall in love. You know, I've had instances where they didn't even have an offer date, but the intention was they were going to get multiple offers and they were just still welcoming offers anytime. So it's not even a clue that there's an offer date. It could just be that the agent is just trying things out and or, or, or testing the agents the water.
0: it's usually that yeah. yeah or there's or they put a 24 or 48 hour revocable yeah. or whatever but there yeah. are instances where an agent just prices it wrong and the market will still tell That's them it's true. more expensive yeah
1: so i've i mean i've been you there you can't count I think,
0: on the price always. yeah
1: and i think we've all been there in those instances where your client falls absolutely in love with the place and you're like crap like you haven't done the valuation before you've gone out Right. Um, and, and again, as Daniel said, it's not like you're not being like super specific on this at that point. It's more just a general sense of semi-detached in the C1 neighborhood of Toronto, go for this amount, like between this and this amount. And if your client's budget is 100000 less than that, then there's no point going to see it. Right. Your client might still want to push for it. They might want to say, well, you never know what might happen. And maybe yeah. you might and, have and they to will. They will at say that, that point. And, and then they'll they'll realize and they'll have to go through it the hard way. But you're there to kind of be that voice of reason and tell them there's no point seeing something that's not going to be within your budget.
0: Yeah. This is, for any type of client, this is a very important first impression thing that you can do for them. Especially if if this is a situation where they're not your client yet, yeah. Um, don't be afraid to tell people respectfully that you know better.
1: Yeah, because most most buyers will not recognize how much higher a place can go. A lot of times they think, oh, maybe it's twenty, maybe it's thirty thousand, but when you're showing them places that are going hundred thousand dollars over ask. It's it's like they're cluing into how the market's working and they're slowly understanding, but you have to be there to guide them through that and show them how right. things work.
0: And it's not and it's not a formula either. Like it's not to say that every time they see a property, they should expect it's gonna go for a hundred thousand dollars more no. either. But Depend- they're, yeah. they're gonna develop a trust in you in your ability to guide them yeah. appropriately. And you need to trust in yourself to give them the advice without that underlying worry that, well, what if I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. What if it does actually go for this asking price? Like, it's your job to be aware of what's happening. And if you aren't entirely sure, do the extra work to figure out what the lay of the land is, Right. right? So when you're dealing with buyers, especially early on in their journey, it's so important for you to establish a framework for what valuations are like and the fact that you're the pro who knows what it's all about. Because what happens when you don't, um, or if you're just not very forceful forward with it, mm-hmm. is you're, you land up playing catch up. Even if this person stays your totally. client for a long time, it's gonna be a long time of searching because you're always being responsive and reactive and accepting of what your client's saying without putting your foot down to say, here's what's best for you. If you want to buy a place before the market gets farther away from you, here's what we need to be looking at. Mm -hmm. Or this is what the market says right now, and this is what plays into your objectives. The best you can do is X, not what you're looking at right now. Yeah. So that is from an expectation management perspective where valuation and knowing the market is really important. Now, where a lot of people maybe don't do enough work also on the valuation side is when you are trying to land yourself a listing. Mm-hmm. This is uh, going to touch, like you said, on what we're talking about this week also in the OTB 100, which is listing presentations.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it's so important to know the value and to have a clear picture of where you see value as a professional for the place that you're trying to list for someone or even if you already have the listing let's say you're not competing yeah this is still the most important part of listing is Absolutely. knowing how to price it and where the expectation should be for yeah. the price
1: and there's also it's important to find out what your client or your potential seller client is expecting for the home that shouldn't factor in to your valuation, but it is more than definitely going to factor into how you approach
0: more than definitely. More than definitely. That's like like definitely plus
1: definitely times a hundred.
0: That's a lot more than
1: definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay. Sorry. It's going, I mean, I guess Oh, I have my hand in front of my face. Um, I, I think people take that information a lot of times if they can gather that information. And, and I advise people to do that ahead of time. So whether it's sending the comps early and asking their opinion when you get there as like kind of one of the first questions or um, just asking them outright when you're just going through some discovery over the phone before booking the listing presentation, what do you expect to pre- have? Like, what do you think your home is valued at? That's, it's so telling because if you're gonna go in there and your client is out to lunch, with their value of their home it might be one of those things that you have to prepare yourself for not to take the listing Mm -hmm. because you don't want to do that but at the same time having a general sense of where they're looking to be will allow you to build up some points before going to meet them to show them why their value of the home may not be entirely accurate
0: Yeah. It builds your ability to structure your communication strategy with them.
1: Yeah. Because a lot of times you can go into a listing presentation and price is like a two minute conversation because everybody's on the same page and Mm -hmm. it's like, this is what it is. Because maybe a house down the street sold and it's pretty much the exact same and everybody kind of expects a similar result.
0: But on that note, though, there's situations where a house down the street sold and it's not exactly the same. In terms of like in terms Features, of anything, just, in terms yeah. of the time it's sold, in terms of what's actually inside the house, in terms of maybe it's down the street, but it has 10 more feet of frontage. Well, yeah. And the people you're talking to without I'm fail. If,
1: like the comps or Oh, no, no, you're
0: right. Literally, yeah. When it is similar, it makes the conversation easy. But when it's what you know this person is basing their mm-hmm. comparison on and it's not similar, yeah. you need to be prepared with the reasoning to massage the truth into them. Right. So, yeah, comps and what the like that's probably the most likely There's a couple of things I think that structure your potential client's expectation of price. One is definitely what they know of the people around them, what they've heard, what neighbors say, that sort of thing. Two is technology is picking up with things like house sigma and these predictive analytic which do have some value, but are also based on a certain quote unquote algorithm that lays out value a certain way as well. Um, Those are two of the really big things I think that drive people's expectations. But then there's also the emotional connection that people have to their own Mm -hmm. homes. If this is their lifelong home, they, they put that intangible value into it that the rest of the world will not see. Yeah, Without fail. And in Mm -hmm. some cases it adds value where in fact it should be taking away value. When there's unique things about homes that only one person can love, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: like a face only a mother can love, um, that will be something that's worth more to the owner and potentially worth less to the would-be buyer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And understanding that, like if you're, if your client has a pool in their backyard, that might be a nice selling feature for certain people, but other people, it may not be. If you've got young kids, I know for myself, I mean, I'd love to have one, but the maintenance and just the risk of having a pool is something that is not worth anything extra than a home that may have sold on the street that didn't have a pool.
0: Yeah. Hot tubs or even people want to remove them as part of their offers.
1: Yeah. So I think it's a good to have a general idea of what certain features get in, in particular areas. Um, a great way to do that is if you can, Somehow partner or speak with an appraiser that is local to that area and can give you an understanding of how they value things because that is how the banks will determine the value of a home. So, you know, it's not too far off of what usually people are are doing in general, because they're using the past history of what places have sold for and basically adjusting for certain aspects of the home. Yeah. So, and it's not an exact science, but I think having that, and I remember getting an appraisal report for a condo and that really gave me a really good sense of, okay, what is, like, price per square foot, you can kind of figure it on your own. But what is an extra bathroom worth? What is an extra floor higher up worth? Condos are a little bit easier, but that general guidance allows you to kind of at least have a starting point when it comes to giving people, like, a more accurate figure.
0: Yeah, that that is the... I'd say the most common and accepted way to do a CMA a comparative market analysis is to take tangible features, assign value and go plus or minus across the board on as many points, like the more points you use, the more specific the valuation will be, but don't kill yourself either with that sort of stuff. I mean, especially if you're dealing with detached homes, like you can only go so far. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when you're doing a listing presentation you might not know all that you need to know about the right. home that you're going to value. Sometimes you can only pull information from past listings mm-hmm. and a selection of information you've been able to get from the from the home seller. Right. So go with a bit of variability in your number as well, because part of the fun is walking through, taking notes, using what you see as an ability to adjust the number you came in with. Mm-hmm. And have even more backup to that when you go in. So yeah, the tangible pieces, the features are really important. Another really important uh, thing to to consider is the trends and the overall environment in whatever market you're in. Whether that's geographically or the type of property. Um, again, now more than ever, we've been just doing an exercise on that today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There are some very telling trends Upward and downward in different types of properties that need to factor in when you're pricing out a place. Yeah. As a buyer or a seller.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you know, we talk about the condo market. We've done that before. Um, we, we've definitely seen some trends that aren't going ideally the way we'd like them to go or the way most condo sellers would like to go. Um, but we're also seeing properties, uh, you know, we've got one agent that has been listing a couple of properties in the Peel region where they've got like a finished basement with, um, a separate entrance and a kitchen. And those properties are selling like hot cakes because people are looking for that. Um, so it, it's, it's good to have an understanding of what's going on in a specific neighborhood, but also a good general sense of like the, the area, like if you're working in the GTA, I mean there's so many different things going on and yeah. so just and, and it all kind of tells a story because if condos aren't doing great downtown the the areas outside of the, the Toronto core are doing very well and there's a reason for that like there's the pandemic so there's like a whole narrative that you can tell that's accurate um, to to a potential seller or a buyer. And it's important to have all of those facts and figures kind of ready to go and be able to talk about it confidently.
0: Yeah. You can't rely on any one statistic that's out there to guide your valuation. And And, and you're often going to see that from the people you talk to. They'll have watched a news report or seen a chart or whatever that says such and such is up such and such percent. And you can come up with any number Mm -hmm. a million different ways, but what's behind that number and what really speaks to what you're trying to evaluate?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times what, and I I used to get this confused, is the number of listings, like the percentage of increase to the listings month over month versus the, the prices. Because the lingo that's used a lot of times is very similar and it's easy to get those numbers confused. So you really have to know what you're looking at And then also if you're working in a specific neighborhood, what, you know, go a little deeper on your, on your research and really get an understanding, okay, homes like this are selling, like maybe it's, um, semi-detached aren't doing so well, but the detached market is, is doing much better. Um, the number of listings coming to market isn't as high. So you're seeing a lot more demand and the demand is, you know, is more than the supply and blah, 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 blah. But That that's the kind of information that you're really not given in a news story or even the Toronto Real Estate Board, they do great market analysis, but it's not really delving like not delving. It's not not the whole story. No, it's not the whole story. And you know, not that I want to say that there's you know some some places that are trying to tell a specific story, but sometimes, you know, you can use any statistic to prove your point. Always. Right? So fake news. You you need to really Really do the research to understand what it is that is driving the sales that that's causing things to happen the way they are
0: yeah as an example like if what we're saying sounds rambly yeah <laughs> i don't know if it does i think I we're making like a good point but uh, take a, a market where a hundred homes sold this month at an average price of a million dollars Right? I like these round numbers. Yeah, 100 places sold for an average price of a $1 million. Yep. The following month, 400 new homes enter the market, mm. 50 of them sell mm-hmm. for an average price of $1.1 million. Hmm. So statistically speaking, the average price of a sold home has gone up 10% yeah. month over month. Right. But guess what? Now, not only did half the number of places sell, You've got 350 new properties that are sitting on the market, mm. competing, arguably as good or somewhat comparable. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Or maybe the ones that did sell were higher priced and bigger and better because who knows how these 400 new homes compared to the 100 from the month before?
1: Right.
0: Who knows how many homes carried over from the month before that are still on the market?
1: Well, you'd know. Well, you but I'm just it. saying, without yeah.
0: knowing anymore, if those yeah. are the only numbers you've been given. Right. And in the news or report article, all you see is that home prices are up 10%. Wait a second, your client now thinks the market's booming, Mm -hmm. where meanwhile, you walk in and say, well, shit, there's hundreds of homes sitting, getting stale, getting desperate, lowering their prices, becoming more competitive for you. And it tells lots of different stories. It might mean that maybe it is just the good homes that are selling and prices are up. Like, who knows? Maybe everything else is junk, Yeah. right? but regardless your message will almost always be you've got to be priced and presented appropriately mm-hmm. to be one of those ones that's the sell the sold side of the statistic yeah rather than the listed side of the statistic and sitting and waiting and price reducing and all that
1: yeah yeah and your seller getting angrier and angrier at you as as the days go by that's sad i know it really is
0: doesn't happen in real life <laughs> yes it does
1: um so yeah, I think that's that's a good overall picture. The the one last point I want to make and maybe you want to make another point, but the I one last point I want to make out of words. is that a lot of things can be subjective. So, you know, you're looking at facts and figures and stats. That's I think just one part of it, you also have to recognize that the motivations of a buyer or a seller in any market is really going to have an impact on the value and the perceived value of a home. And so all of these things really factor in as well. So if you're dealing with a seller who is in a rush to sell and needs to get their property off the market because maybe they've bought something and they have their bank is on them to get a, a, a closing on their, on their current home, then they're probably going to take a lower offer and just accept it in order to be done with it versus somebody who's sitting on the market forever and has no intention of, of selling until they get their number.
0: That's true, but it's something to also be aware of that if they're not that type of person but they're in that situation – you need to be able to explain to them the risk of not doing it right right now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because somebody might say, yeah, I need to sell in two months, but get me my number. And yeah, in, in that situation, like you'd want them to understand upfront that they need to be realistic about what they can get right now. Mm -hmm. And your message will always be, I'm going to get you the best number that's out there. Like my job is to do the best job of anybody out there. And whatever the market says your place is worth, I'm going to get that for you. You're not going to be sold short. However, if people get stubborn, it's on you to the best of your ability to explain what the risk is of holding out or of not listening intently to what you're saying. Or when that Mm -hmm. offer comes in, you know, in the first week and it feels like they want to test the waters more because they already have an offer and it's not quite where they want it to be. Mm -hmm. The other side of the coin needs to always be explained and the market is always changing. Mm -hmm. So your valuation, you give someone a week before you list might be different three weeks later when you've been on the market and you get your first offer Mm -hmm. and it's a little different. If the market's trending down, you need to make sure that your client understands that. Oh yeah. And that they're not just clinging to what you told them. And that's also part of your initial conversation is this is a point in time evaluation is here's what I think today. And if you really want to do, you know, your best job for them, Try to figure out where you see things going, but you, no one can tell the future. No. Who knows what's going to yeah, happen?
1: Yeah, and, and don't feel bad if you give them, a, a, especially for buyers, because if you're dealing with bidding wars and your clients are going through like a few of them, there might be an instance where they, you tell them what you think it will go for, and maybe it's a little bit off. But that's because there was... 10 offers versus five offers and everything got driven up as a result. Or maybe there was that one buyer who just was fed up with the whole bidding war process and was like, I don't care what I have to pay. I'm going to just go crazy on this one because I just want to be done with this. So there's so many different scenarios. I guess this right. is my my message and it doesn't come down to numbers and statistics. It comes down to all of the other things that are surrounding you in your environment that are impacting things. Yeah.
0: And and as all of us know, often it takes experiencing it once or twice with your client to really drive that message home. Mm-hmm. You can explain it and if you get a really good client who trusts you intently out of the gate,
1: yeah. good for oh, you. Oh, makes such a difference.
0: But uh, ultimately, you need to have a situation where they get beat. And you don't have to say, I told you so. That's not one of those situations. But often I'll tell my client, like, listen, let's let's try it. You know, like, here's what I believe is going to happen, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then when things go at or close to what they've been prepared for, it allows you a little bit more of a, of a trust factor that maybe the first go around you don't have from yeah. them.
1: Yeah, and if you have experience to draw from or maybe somebody in your office has had a situation similar to what you're in with your client and you can let them know like this is what happened, maybe they don't want to take a spe- specific offer because they feel it's too early in the process but you know it's a good one and they should take it, you know, tell them about that time where your client decided not to take it and then landed up on being on the market for a month more than they wanted to be. And then they ended up taking 20,000 lower, for example, you know, like those things happen and your client probably hasn't been in a situation like that before, but you most definitely have
0: (laughs) most, what was it before? More than definitely. Oh,
1: I thought I said most definitely before
0: way more than definitely Way more than
1: definitely. (laughs) I I don't know. That's horrible. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it comes down to you needing to own the conversation, own the narrative, Always be respectful. Don't be the know it all, but there's a healthy balance between being stepped all over by your client. You know, you can't let them yeah. be the ones to tell you how it's going to be. And if you're in that situation, head for the hills or flip yeah. that narrative quickly because that does not end well when your client is calling the shots when it comes to value, price strategy and all that that's why you're being hired
1: yeah well that's the thing you're you're the professional here and if you compare it to any other profession if a patient walked into a doctor's office and said no this is what i have and this is what my treatment should be do you think that would ever happen no so why are we letting it happen in real estate
0: i I just interviewed actually a doctor this past week for our other um our other channel which i'm not going to plug here Uh but she was talking about the google mentality now of the number of patients who come in self-diagnosing right and that's been the biggest challenge other than the obvious in the world right now but for doctors the last year or two it's been people who come in knowing what what they have and half the battle is just getting them back to square one to actually be their doctor yeah so this is a similar challenge you've got lots of people doing their own quote unquote research, figuring out what they believe, convincing themselves of that. And often you're going into a situation where they've already convinced themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's not easy to go in there and slowly massage them back to, you know, reality and then bring them to your side of the fence. Right. Not everybody's like that, but in every situation, someone's got some expectation. Sometimes it's bang on, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, but expect that it's not. And like Katie said, the more you can find out before you go in there, guns a blazing, the easier it makes the conversation. And it allows you to organize your argument in such a way that's aware of their mindset, yeah. speaks to their sensitivities. And if it turns out that you just can't meet eye to eye and you're one, two, three hundred thousand dollars apart. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means, okay, go list with somebody else or whatever, or it's just not worth your trouble because you can spend a lot of money and time spinning your wheels and increasing your stress to no happy ending.
1: No. No, then another agent comes in, bless you, another agent comes in and uh, basically lowers the price and comes out the hero because you've had, you did all the work to convince them that, or to show them that it's really not worth what they think it's going to be worth. So there's, yeah, there's so much here. And I think as you go through your career, you're going to pick up little tips and I was gonna do tips and tricks, but we always say that. But little things (laughs) tips and tricks. Little things here and there. Rely on the people around you for advice and help. I mean, we're we're all in this. We're all in this together. Wow.
0: (laughs) That's a little high school musical throw.
1: Oh yeah, this is not a common is that not a common song? I guess it wasn't
0: for us, but if any of you have kids (laughs) Or well, when did it, that came out a while ago? Because we're watching that Zach 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 Efron show now, and yeah. he was like the kid in that. So that was a good ten fifteen years yeah, ago. So maybe you God, could. we're not young.
1: <laughs> we're more than not young. We're, we're less than old. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us through this is, week. Is that how
0: we're shutting it down? Uh, a yeah. little High School Musical. Okay. Do you want
1: to sing something next?
0: maybe next time send us your requests for (laughs) what you'd like us to acapella on the next episode and we'll open with it so you don't have to wait 30 minutes for the solo no it'll be a duet i think
1: we'll yeah maybe you can sing
0: maybe all right well anyway happy late halloween to everybody
1: yeah
0: and may all your valuations be accurate (laughs) see you next week bye Level up, level up, level up Level up, level up, never, never,